get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. With former Blues superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Happy to be joined by Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Kerber. Kerbs hockey, at least in some form or fashion, is officially back. The guys are on the ice down at Centene Community Ice Center. What's it like to have hockey back in your life again? Uh, it's, it's great that we're talking about, you know, real scenarios now and tracking what is going on, uh, health-wise on the ice and off. And, and, you know, each day we get closer to getting guys into the bubble, which is obviously the very, the, the most important hurdle in front of us. And I think that's, it really, to me, is the proper way of looking at it is what is the next hurdle to clear before we worry about some of the other stuff? And that one is, can we get these NHL teams to the 26th of July and into their respective bubbles in Toronto and in Edmonton. Now, Curbs, look, uh, let's assume we can get to uh, the hub cities and, and everything goes smooth. Right now, St. Louis Blues uh, just getting their feet wet again as a team. But for, for you and for the people around the, the rink so far, what has jumped out about some of the players? Somebody maybe who, uh, you know, like a guy like Vladdy Tarasenko, who's come back and, quite honestly, we've heard nothing but really good reports about him so far. And and there were plenty of good reports prior to the pause on him as well, Jamie. I mean, he was only about a week or so from getting back out onto the ice. But in the end, uh, much like some of the other guys around the league, I think this pause has been spectacular for Vladimir Tarasenko, and you know this as well as anybody. If there is one injury that seems to really concern me when it comes to a hockey player, it's a shoulder injury. Because you have to make the decision of is it surgery or is it rehab. Patrick Berglund will be a great example. You know, until surgery, that thing would pop out a couple of times, right? And, and, and to me, that was the biggest one. The fact that you're able to get a guy – that much extra time, three and a half to four months extra time of working out and rehabbing is huge for his long-term health rather than having him come back when they would have come back right at the beginning of April or late March. So I'm really excited about that aspect and what it means long-term for the health of Vladimir Tarasenko and one of the real positives of how this has happened. Now, Curves, when we talk about Vladdy coming back, Look, it's a 40-goal scorer that's just thrust back into your lineup in a team that was competing for the Western Conference uh, first place. And now we have to talk about depth. You added Vladdy Tarasenko. The Blues last year in their Stanley Cup run, 
the depth was a big story for them. Now you're headed into a, a really unique situation with this, you know, the round robin, the play-ins, then the Stanley Cup playoffs, a hub city. How important for you do you think the depth that the Blues have right now is as they get into this? I don't think you can win a championship without depth, and we saw just how deep it was needed. It was the depth of being able to take Zach Sanford out of the lineup in the Winnipeg series and putting Robbie Fabry in. Uh, It was the depth of being able to go back to Zach Sanford in the role that he played in the Stanley Cup final. It was the depth in the second round of being able to insert a Sammy Blake. And these guys, young players, being ready to go. Um, and, And being able to... You know, have players that could take over when you were had to sit Robert Thomas for part of the Stanley Cup final. Uh, it, it's all that. It's it's having a guy like Carl Gunnarsson, who at times was a healthy scratch, and then when he came back into the lineup, came back in in the top pair with Alex Petrangelo playing 22 minutes a game. So I, I think that depth is huge. I, I think some perspective of the regular season here is really important. If you keep in mind of losing Vladimir Tarasenko early in October when they did, and he was gone for most of the year, you got to the point where you had 11 games to go in the regular season, and you had the top record in the Western Conference and the second-best record overall in the National Hockey League. And again, if you forgot about that because of the stiff competition of Las Vegas and Colorado and Dallas and some of those other teams, Tampa, Washington, and the East, think about that. The Blues, after 71 games, had the second-best winning percentage of any team in the National Hockey League. I mean, and they did that without Vladimir Tarasenko. Now you get that player back, and you've basically made a trade deadline deal without having to give anything up for it. I mean, you just you just picked up a top-three forward for the playoffs. I mean, that's that's how you look at it, and and the decisions now that get to come from that are amazing here, and, and I think it's it's – Nothing but great stuff for the St. Louis Blues. To follow up with that, Curbs, uh, the St. Louis Blues, like you said, you know, second place overall, first place Western Conference. Now they're being thrown into a pool with three other teams, and they've got to play for seeding. How? What are your feelings on that? Should, do you think that the format is appropriate? I know it is what it is. We're in a unique situation, but to your point just a couple seconds ago, you know, the St. Louis Blues did work hard. They did battle through adversity. They were first place in the conference, and now they have the possibility of having to finish fourth if things don't go the right way. Well, okay, so first off, there's a lot there. Okay, so first off, I'm 100% in favor of this format. I think it's as fair as they could possibly have done it. It creates, and, and listen, I always look at decisions that leagues make on the importance of the fans, too. That's why I'm 100% in favor of seeing how this man on second base starts off for the on the baseball side of things in extra innings. I talked to a former uh, uh, current broadcaster in the minor leagues. It's been there a long time. They've been doing it for three years. The positives he talked about, I'm exciting to see how that looks at the major league level. So I take, I take a fan approach to this as well. I think what the league did in the National Hockey League is very fair from a team standpoint, from a league standpoint, from a television excitement standpoint, from a fan standpoint, and from a player standpoint. Look, the Chicago Blackhawks were six points out of a playoff spot. Yes, with 11 games to go. Highly unlikely they were going to get there. But let's face it, stranger things have happened. So I think it was fair to keep them in there, right, and and, and to have this happen. Now, from a seeding standpoint, 
the, the fact that you're playing in a bubble now, you lose the home ice advantage of the crowd. And to me, there are only two key important factors to home ice advantage, the crowd and having the last change. Well, you've got a St. Louis Blues team that is very good on the faceoff dot, and albeit their faceoff numbers were down in the, in the you know, 1920 season, they're a very good faceoff team. I don't think you worry so much about the last change, you know, as, as, as you would think about when you're that good of a faceoff team. Plus, number of times we see that centerman kicked out. When you've got wingers that are essentially centermen that can win faceoffs for you like the Blues have, it's actually an advantage. So I'm not so much worried about the seeding aspect of it. So, again, I like, I like the formatting. I think it is a great format to have. Uh, I, I, I don't think you worry too much about the seeding. And here's the other reason, Jamie. If you really look at the standings, Colorado had a game in hand on the St. Louis Blues. Aside from the injury to Nathan McKinnon during, during that pause, I'm just not convinced the St. Louis Blues were going to hold off Colorado. And I'm not convinced that the St. Louis Blues were going to finish standings-wise ahead of, you know, one of the other teams in the, in the Pacific Division. So if you look at the fact that the division leaders would finish 1-2, the Blues easily could have been in a 3-4 position anyway. Now you're giving them a chance to take that top seed by basically just winning a round-robin tournament of three games. I actually think you got a better chance of that than finishing first overall had you played those final 11 games. We're talking with the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Kerbs, earlier today we talked a little bit about Robert Thomas. And last year I'm looking at the postseason stats, just six points in the playoffs. He was also a 20-year-old kid at the time. We saw a lot of development this year and just turned 21 just a couple of weeks ago. You've been doing this a long time, Kerbs. What's the potential for a guy like Robert Thomas, how how good can he be whenever he reaches that full potential? Well, look, I, th- I think he's going to be really, really good. And you know, I've talked to one guy that said I think if you redrafted that draft where the Blues took him at twenty first overall, you're easily looking at a top ten pick, and he can make the argument that if you redrafted it, you could make the case for him being a top five pick. Listen, I, Brandon, for for me, I don't, I'm not a big fan of 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 of, of that question per se, because here's why I, I don't know. Like, like, I mean, yes, he has the potential to be really good. What, what is really good? Is it a hall of fame career? I don't know. I don't know who you compare that to. Does he have the, po- the potential to be able to dish around the puck like Doug Gilmore? Uh, he might, he just might. But, but I think what you have to look at with our young guys in any sport is how quickly are they getting it? How quickly are they understanding the challenges ahead of them? And when and, and, and look, you can find examples of guys, take the baseball side, Colby Rasmus, right? Just couldn't get it. Just couldn't get it, right? In hockey, Robert Thomas got it, and he's getting it early. And part of it is because of the culture. Part of it is because they put him with the Kachuk family, right? And, and all those things that were all part of this. But look at his development, and look at how Craig Berube, when he started last season, he was a scratch. They actually had to make the decision, do you keep him or send him back? They decided we're going to keep him, but it's going to take some time. And they had a plan. It may not be, he may not be a regular NHLer until December. And then he took that, and he grew. And they weren't playing him as a centerman. They were playing him as a winger because of the responsibilities um, defensively of what it takes to be a centerman in the National Hockey League in the 200-foot game you got to play. And then as time he's developed, and then when there was opportunity to put him at center, they put him at center, and he's kind of gotten to the point where he's got to say, he's kind of looking at him going, hey, I'm a centerman, and you may want to find a way to keep me there. 
to where they look and say, do you keep him at center and move Braden Shen to a wing? How do you work this all out? And it's and, and you're talking in one year in the National Hockey League of a 20-year-old, now 21, has grown into that essential top six role. And the best part is, is on most teams, he probably could be a top six forward. On this team, I still think you've got the depth, back to Jamie's point, of playing him in that third-line role. And, and so I think you really – the way you answer that question the best is – you say, how quickly are we seeing a young player understand the learning curve of being a pro and adjusting to that game to the big league, major league, NHL, pro level? And that is what has to excite you because that learning curve has a long way to go. But I'll keep this even more long-winded. Look at Colton Pareko. Colton Pareko just finished his fifth year in the National Hockey League. Colton Pareko was the player route that helped the St. Louis Blues players manage their way through this recent CBA negotiations, right? Look at the way Colton Pareko is being looked at. He became the ultimate shutdown pair with Jay Bomeister, and I don't know that there was a better shutdown pair in the National Hockey League when Jay got hurt. And and now, like, you literally have to ask yourself, is the pairing with Colton Pareko, or is the pairing with, with, uh, with Alex Petrangelo your top defense pairing? And I'm not sure that there's a, a, a right answer to that question, and, and this guy's only in his fifth year and still has learning to do. So, again, learning curve and how you handle it is what I look at. Certainly been a lot of fun to watch. Curbs, we always appreciate the time, man. We will hear you on Behind the Bench with Chris Kerber tonight at 6 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. He is the voice of the Blues. Curbs, thanks so much for hopping on with us today. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Talk to you soon.